Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 581. On last week's show, we featured this beautiful, if monotonous-sounding bird. It would be the Eurasian collared dove. We talked about its spread through North America after first showing up in Florida in the early 80s. We thought the bird hadn't been seen here in the Northeast, but Seth Davis at the University of New England up in Maine posted a note on our Facebook page suggesting that one was spotted in Maine a couple of years ago. Well, Seth was right about that. The eBird checklist program indicates that one was indeed spotted in Cumberland County, Maine, in late May of 2013. So it's probably safe to say that now pretty much wherever you are in the U.S., including Alaska, by the way, where the bird has also been seen, you should keep an eye out. The Eurasian collared dove may be cooing in your community. Meanwhile, down in the southwest, people have been struggling with with a horrific heat wave. Fortunately, most folks have air conditioning in those areas, but birds do not, and they're getting clobbered. KABC News is reporting this week that out in some areas of Southern California, birds have simply been falling out of their nests, and animal experts believe the heat wave is to blame. A woman whose name may have led to her interest in birds, Diane Falconer, from Hope Wildlife Rescue near Corona, California, describes the situation as a total crisis. And she says, if you find a bird that's affected this way, call a wildlife rehabilitator. And it's getting hot again in the southwest. In Phoenix, Arizona, for example, today's predicted high temperature is 110 degrees. Here's something new on our Talking Bird show. It's our bonus prize state. And today's state is Vermont. Well, here's what it means if you call us this morning on our mystery bird contest from the state of Vermont you'll win a special bonus prize automatically. The amazing, incredible, newly reissued Backyard Birdsong Guide, published by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and written by the great Don Kruzma, who joined us on the show just a week ago. The book has not only descriptions and range maps and gorgeous illustrations of more than 80 bird species, it also lets you listen to the song of each bird as you see it in the book. So if you're in Vermont... And you get through to us on the show this morning on our Mystery Bird Contest. You'll win that special prize automatically, whether you have the right answer or not. In addition to the other goodies, you'd win if you do have the right answer. So get ready to call Green Mountain Staters. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos on our Facebook page this week. Here's the first one. The Birdman of Orleans. That's what the Cape Cod Times calls our own Mike O'Connor and their profile of him in their pages and on their website. Find a link to the story on our Facebook page. 
Attention fourth graders and parents of fourth graders. The Every Kid in a Park initiative is underway, providing free admission to national parks for families of fourth graders. And our Charlotte Wesselick has some cool information about it that you can connect to on our Facebook page. And here's something really beautiful. Fifteen of the most colorful birds in the world. See them up close right now through a link to afar.com on our Facebook page. Meanwhile, R&R blog this week, making use of house sparrow eggs for science. That's on this week's blog, easily found at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, the birdist. Nick Lund will join us from his perch down in Washington, D.C. to talk about birds at sea, playing hooky for birds, and learning to love vultures. Mike O'Connor from his area on Cape Cod will join us to explain why maybe it's not all bad to have tent caterpillars in your trees. Maybe. On our Mystery Bird Contest, we'll give away another beautiful Droll Yankees bird feeder and a bonus prize of a big bag of Birds and Beans bird-friendly shade-grown coffee and another bonus prize automatically if you happen to be calling from today's bonus state for a month. Up next, in just a moment, the surprisingly large Hydroprogni caspia is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says, We care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. This rather unusual tune is called Caspian. Now that's a name that evokes images of things that are big, like the Caspian Sea, the largest enclosed body of water on Earth, and the Caspian Tern, the largest tern in the world. We usually think of terns as rather small and sort of delicate, but the Caspian tern is a full-bodied bird that's about halfway between the size of a ring-billed gull and a herring gull. Pretty big for a tern. The Caspian Sea is certainly not the only place you'll find this bird. It's in many parts of the world, including here in North America. In this part of the world, it winters in Florida, in Mexico and in the Caribbean, and spends the breeding season way up into Canada, although the largest North American breeding colony is off the coast of Oregon, where increasing numbers of Caspian terns have been a little too successful in catching young salmon. Efforts are now underway to move that colony away from the fish-stocking areas. The Caspian tern is a fierce defender of its breeding colony, attacking potential predator birds and it will dive-bomb the heads of humans who dare invade its nesting grounds. The entire colony will take flight, however, if a bald eagle flies overhead, making the chicks vulnerable to predation from gulls. The handsome adult Caspian tern sports a black cap and a white body and a large, thick, deep red bill with a dark tip. A call that's rather unusual for a turn, but not as unusual as this music.
Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, the largest tern in the world, the Caspian Tern. Thanks again for being with us on our show, number 581. Talking Birds is sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks, monuments, and historic sites. From Acadia to Zion, go to Chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M-A-N-I.com to download your free app today. If we continue to consume our natural resources at the rate we do now, By 2050, it could take three Earths to meet our needs. The Earth can't speak up when it needs help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you'll visit our website, TalkingBirds.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Meanwhile, friends, there are many pharmacists, lots of physicists, and thousands of meteorologists, but only one person can claim to be the birdist. He's Nick Lund, and he's on the phone with us right now from down in Washington, D.C. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ray. I'm also a pharmacist, too. I should should have mentioned that. By the way, I've discovered uh, that the word birdist uh, doesn't appear in standard dictionaries, but if it gets in there sometime, it will have to have your picture next to it, right? Well, yeah, although someone was asking me the other day whether it means uh, it's it's derogatory, like, like racist. Uh, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, it, it mean it to be like enthusiast, like uh, right. like nudist. Yeah, yeah. I, it's in the Urban Dictionary with a whole different meaning, but we don't we don't need oh, to go yeah. there. I haven't seen yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so the only question, though, uh, Nick, will be which hat will you wear for the photo? You, you know, I, I do not know. What a great question! <laughs> I have so many hats. All right. You Maybe got... my pharmacy hat. <laughs> All right. Well, we have three issues to talk about here uh, this morning, Nick, based on your recent Audubon.org articles. Uh, issue one, excuses to leave work and go find birds. Are there yes. special excuses that apply just to just to this? Yeah, you know, birds, especially for those of us who like to go out and chase rare birds when they show up, yeah. you know, they're not on our schedule. They don't see what <laughs> days we're on or off work. Uh, and they're not calling into our boss to let, to uh, see if it's okay if we can come out and see them. Yeah, hardly. Ever. So it's important, I think, for birders to you know think up a list of excuses and have on hand uh, to to get out of work and go find these birds because if they don't stick, around, I mean, they don't stick around long. So you got to get out there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Yo, you got some particular ones you want to recommend? Yeah. yeah. You know, of course, the first time is. You know, I feel sick. I have a stomach ache, uh, oh, cough, yeah. cough. Uh, I got to get out of here and go to the doctor. Of course, yeah. you, you know, you, you can get a free pass that way. But that really only works once. You can't, mm. you know, per se that you're coming down with the, the bubonic plague and then just come back in the office the next day and say it's gone. <laughs> uh, right. So you got you to gotta go deeper than that. Um, you know, I think uh, kids, if, for those of us who have kids, I don't have kids, but it sounds like they're real nightmares. And it sounds like there's all, they're always, you know, eating crayons or, oh, yeah. you know, jumping off. You know, something's always going wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good, great built-in excuse. You know, that work, that'll work five or six times mm-hmm. um, yeah, to go get, you know, take care of those kids. Um, I do have a dog. Uh, dog is, I think, you know, a, a good one for after kids because dogs are, you know, got all kinds of weird things, getting their head caught in uh, doors. I don't know what dogs, <laughs> dogs do, but um, they need help. Um, cats, unfortunately, don't work because um, cats don't need anybody and are always fine. Uh, 
So yeah, I think if you, exactly. if you try to use a cat excuse on your boss, then you're in trouble. Another reason not to like cats. Not that we don't like them. We certainly love them, but uh, they're, sure. not good. they're not good for excuses. Okay, well, and if you're yeah. a bird person with cats anyway, I think that's a red flag, right? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> exactly, not. yeah. Especially the outdoor kind. Exactly. All right, some good excuses for uh, to use for uh, for going out uh, a birding when you're actually kind of supposed to be at uh, at work. Now, one place That's to right. go, uh, Nick, that you that you love too is uh, on pelagic trips. Going going. It's a, That's right. Assuming you're near the ocean somewhere, right? Yeah, DC. Yeah. Well, even if you're not near the ocean, it's all the more reason we get out there. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, um, I I write this column for sort of uh, people getting into birding. Um, the bird curious, I think, was the term we used. And, you know, a lot of folks don't know about pelagic. Um, and once they find out, they may be too scared to go because it's a <laughs> bit of a daunting mission. Yeah. Um, you know, seasickness is an issue. Have you, You've gone on some pelagic, right? I have. The last one I went on was in the winter tent. It was 18 degrees out there out yeah. of Boston Harbor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was another thing. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, there really is no more intense but rewarding birding experience. I think you're out there uh, in uh, with out of sight of land. There's all kinds of cool birds that you can't see from anywhere else. You're you're staring at the sun. You're staring at the horizon all the time. You feel like a, a old time pirate or something. Um, <laughs> and you might get seasick. You might get sunburned. Uh, you'll be tired at the end of the day. You have to get up early. Um, but it, but it's an experience that you know you really won't forget. And you just you have you see things and you feel things. Um, that you just can't get from from terrestrial bird. Yeah, and you can also see a lot of other things too, depending on where you are. Whales and ocean sunfish, maybe, and other stuff absolutely like that. Yeah. sharks and turtles and all kinds of crazy stuff. What's your favorite bird to to see out there? Man, well, uh, I did a pelagic off of uh, out of San Diego that had uh, black footed albatross. Hmm. Uh, which was amazing. Um, you know, the, the thing about pelagic birding is that you never know what's going to show up. Mm-hmm. You, there could be uh, some crazy rare species from, from another hemisphere that you see out there. Uh, I saw a Bermuda petrel last year off of Cape Hatteras, which is extremely rare to see in the United States. Uh, and so there's sort of a level of excitement uh, because you just never know. You never yeah, know exactly. what you're going to get. And those petrels are so cool to see because they, they kind of walk on the water. Yeah. Yeah, storm petrels, you know, sort of dance. They use the wind and dance right on the surface of the water and sort of kick up, uh, you know, little bits of food that they can eat. Um, all the birds out there, I mean, they're amazing flyers, of course, because mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't have anything to perch on them. They have all yeah. these, you know, uh, you know, sheer waters and petrels that are sort of riding the waves and surfing up and down, and then albatross, which, you know, are just giant versions of the same thing. Alcids, of course, that are diving around and, and doing cool stuff. Um, it, it, it's uh, I, I heartily encourage every birder to to take a deep breath, eat some ginger snaps, and then get out there on a boat. <laughs> All right, and uh, something entirely different: vultures. I'm looking at one That's of right. the, uh, one of uh, our Facebook page posts, uh, uh, Nick, showing some of the most beautiful birds in the world, and I don't see any vultures on there. Is this an, is this <laughs> yeah. an oversight or? Um, they don't make a lot of uh, most attractive lists. Yeah, uh, they just don't. You know, bird, vultures. You know, since since childhood, you know, it's pounded into us that vultures are these you know signs of evil, and they're coming to you know, eat you as you're uh, you know dying of thirst in the desert or something. Mm. Uh, and that's not untrue, frankly. <laughs> uh, they will eat dead stuff if mm. you die in the desert. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, you may be cleaned up by a vulture. They're doing a service, you know. They're they're uh, taking care of uh, of uh, of things before they get diseased and and whatnot. Doing their job. Um, yep. All right, and there's they're fascinating. There's fascinating birds, uh, and in this piece, I wanted to make sure that folks. Um, if they were in the desert and there were some vultures circling them, that they'd be able to identify them uh, before it was too late. <laughs> so we have the turkey vulture. That's the most common one just about all over the place and uh, even more than than, uh, than it used to be up north here. And we've got black vultures coming up this way now, too. That's right. Are you seeing more black vultures in Massachusetts? Than we are, yeah. I mean, not a, not a lot of them, but we do. We we didn't used to see any of them. I think we're seeing seeing them fairly regularly. I would say, yeah. And there's right. one yeah. more one more vulture, right? That we don't call a vulture, but it is one. You're right. The grandest vulture of them all, mm-hmm. and and maybe this could make an attractive list. I mean, the California condor, mm-hmm. uh, if not if not uh, gorgeous, it's certainly impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 largest bird i think you know flying in north america uh i think the trumpeter swan is is just about as heavy but you know a gigantic uh, impressive bird um that is a vulture um you know the same bare head uh the same you know sort of uh uh soaring flight um and you know fingers crossed is coming back from uh, uh the, the the very brink of uh, extinction mm-hmm. thanks to the efforts of a lot of dedicated uh, folks out in uh, California and the Southwest who have been working for forever, mm-hmm. for a long time, to bring these guys back. Um, and numbers are numbers are rising. They're being found mm-hmm. at new spots in California, new spots in New Mexico and Arizona, Utah. Um, so uh, this is a real good story. We should all go out and uh, if one of those is, is circling you as you're in the desert uh, looking for water, I think you should just. You should be happy uh, that you're helping the population come back. Just give it up. That bird is like a Monet painting. It looks better from 50 yards away. (laughs) That's right. Nick Lund is the birdist. He's down in Washington, D.C. Look him up, the birdist, and check him out at Audubon.org. Keep uh, cool, Nick, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks a lot, Ray. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Next time you're shopping for wild bird food, look for Audubon Park. It's the finest kind, and you can choose from more than a dozen selections, including no-waste patio blends and species-specific blends. And the folks at Audubon Park encourage all who feed backyard birds to follow these important rules to help keep birds safe and healthy. Choose seed made in the USA. Fill your feeders with no more than a week's supply of food. Clean your feeders weekly with soap and hot water or a solution of bleach and water. Make your windows visible to birds to prevent crashes. Place feeders away from windows and safe from predators. Offer water for drinking and bathing and refresh it daily. Keep cats indoors. Reduce your lawn, mow it less often, and skip the fertilizers and pesticides. Plant native shrubs and trees. And keep outdoor lights as dim as possible and use them only when necessary. Simple rules for healthy birds from the folks at Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. And for a complete list of backyard bird feeding tips, visit the Discovery Center at AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. Well, as indicated at the top of our show today, Vermont is our mystery bird contest bonus prize state. It's a brand new thing here. If you get through to us from that state here on our mystery bird contest, you'll win a special bonus prize, the amazing, incredible new Backyard Bird Song Guide. 
published by Cornell Lab and written by the great Don Krudzma. It has not only descriptions, range maps, and gorgeous illustrations of more than 80 bird species, it also lets you listen to the song of each bird as you see it in the book. So if you're in Vermont and you get through to us here on the Mystery Bird Contest, you'll win that special prize automatically in addition to the other prizes you'll win with a correct answer or through a drawing. Our Mystery Bird bonus prize state is Vermont. Good luck, Green Mountain Staters. The number to call, and we urge you to call as soon as you can, is 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Our prize is the beautiful Droll Yankees Smoke-Tinted Observer Window Feeder. Attaches right to your window with three powerful suction cups and allows unobstructed and close-up views of birds as they feed. Great for seed or fruit or mealworms or suet and backed by the Droll Yankees lifetime warranty against squirrel damage and proudly made in the USA. Bonus prize, too. This is for anybody who calls in and wins our contest. A 12-ounce bag of birds and beans. Shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a furtive and well-camouflaged bird with a long neck, a long bill, a black or dark brown crown and back, brownish-orange sides, and an orange and white striped chest and throat. It's about 12 inches long with a 16-inch wingspan. It's found in marshes where it feeds on fish and small insects. That's our mystery bird. That beautiful observer window feeder from Droll Yankees is our prize. And the number is 781-837-4900. If you don't know what it is, take a guess because the drawing will determine our winner in the event of no correct answer being received. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we have kind of an unusual topic for our man Mike. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. I'm Ray Brown, and I'm a coffee lover. And the brand that I drink is Birds and Beans, the only brand that sells only bird-friendly coffee, grown in a way that saves the forest that migratory birds depend on for survival. Birds and Beans carries the certification of the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center, the most stringent shade-grown certification in the world. Plus, it's USDA organic certified and fair trade certified, so farmers get fair compensation. Of course, it's important to note that Birds and Beans coffee tastes great. And it's available in your choice of roasts, from American Red Start Light Roast to Deep and Dark Scarlet Tanager French Roast. Decaf, too. If you care about saving the tropical forests on which so many of our birds depend, and if you love great coffee, there's just one choice, Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. It's my choice, and I really hope you'll make it yours. Get the whole Birds and Beans story, including where to buy it, at birdsandbeans.com. That's birdsandbeans.com. Well, earlier in the program, we uh, heard from the birdist. Now we're going to hear from the... Birdman! Yes. <laughs> what the heck was that? That's that, the Birdman. That's what it said in, your, in the paper down there, the Cape Cod Times, Birdman of Orleans, a featured piece on, on you I think there. I, 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 that frightened me. 
I'm sorry. Well, we, we won't do it again. It was just a, just one one time. Yeah, thing. one and done. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's um, good. Anyway, wherever you are, you can find that article on on Mike and see photos of him and at least one photo there at Cape Cod Times. Oh, yeah. Dot com. That, yeah. that was a bad hair day, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, Mike, we got a, a, a note here from a, a Jennifer in Uxbridge, Mass. Uxbridge. She says, yeah, she recently discovered our show. Uh, where is Uxbridge, Mass, come to think of it? I forgot where that oh, is. Oh, it's, uh, it's west of Orleans. Oh, west of Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, it's west of Orleans, and so is, right, everything else. Okay. <laughs> Everything's west of yeah, Orleans. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, she recently discovered the show, and she had a question not about birds, but about Caterpillars. Caterpillars. Yeah, she has those tent caterpillars. Uh-huh. Um, not to be confused with gypsy moths, right? Man, a lot of people confuse the yeah. two, and, and and with good reason because they both can do a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. But and, and what was her question? Was there a question? Well, she wants to. Oh, sorry, I think I might have left that out. She wanted. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to know, uh, you know, how to get rid of them because she says they're destroying her trees. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a big problem now. You know, I was. And around my house, I got a lot of cedars, so there's no problem. But if I drove off Cape the other day, boy, it was like uh, winter. Yeah. Well, and most of that is to do with gypsy moth. The ten caterpillars can do equally a, um, amount of damage. Um, but right now, there's not much you can do. It's kind of late. You know, the, the the damage has already happened. But come fall, you can find the eggs. These these uh, caterpillars lay egg masses on your trees, and you can look for them, and they're pretty obvious. And, and destroy them at that time. Ah. Cut them down off the branches okay. or, or scrape them off the bark and, you know, put them in boiling water or just destroy them. You just can't put them on the ground because they'll, they'll survive. Okay. And you do that in the fall. You do that in the fall. Okay. And there's not much you can do now, but the yeah. good news is your trees are going to be okay, more than likely. They can yeah. survive all this. Now, next spring, if you, you start to see them again, um, you, if you find a tent, and they do make those obvious tents, those big web masses, cut those down and destroy those. Now, everybody wants to spray, but remember, you, people listening to the show like birds, and the mm-hmm. birds depend upon these. Now, obviously, they can't eat them all, so there is damage. But the birds, especially migrating warblers, but cuckoos, black and yellow-billed cuckoos, we've had a lot of them around here lately because of that. Yeah. And those are cool birds to see, and we don't often get to see those. But a lot of the birds depend on these. So you really can't do any kind of pesticide treatment. There is a, a organic, or not organic, but a, a less problematic pesticides bacterial they call it bt which uh is a little bit safer for the environment for certain creatures but they also kill a lot of uh beautiful butterflies and stuff so you really don't even recommend that i would just write it out this year get the egg masses in the fall in the fall uh, and keep an eye out for some cuckoos in your yard ah that would be the The bird kind we mean yeah (laughs) all right thanks a lot mike we'll talk to you next week you got it thanks Mike O'Connor here from the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. We're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest. There's our mystery bird. A furtive and well-camouflaged bird with a long neck, a long bill, a black or dark brown crown and back, brownish-orange sides, and an orange and white striped chest and throat. About 12 inches long with a 16-inch wingspan. Found in marshes where it feeds on fish and small insects. Judy is in Brookline, Massachusetts. Good morning, Judy. Yes? Yes, hello, Judy. Hi. You're on. What do you think our mystery bird is? Well, we're going for a rail. A rail. I can tell you, you're in the kind of right to right area of the marsh. Um, could be in the same marsh, but it's not a rail. Not a rail. Something not, else in the same vicinity. Something very uh, close to that. 
Judy, okay. thanks for trying, and we'll try us again, all right? All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, we're a little short on time, so we're kind of rushing along here. And we're going to Jonathan, who is in somewhere in Ontario, Canada. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Good morning. Whereabouts in Ontario? Uh, so it's Marmor, Ontario, sort of between Toronto and Ottawa, two hours on either side. All right. Okay. What do you say, then, uh, Jonathan, on our mystery bird uh, contest? My wife and I are going to say least bittern. All right. I didn't hear your wife say it, but I heard you say it, and that's good enough for us. That's it. I give her all the credit. <laughs> all right. Well, nice job by both of you. Uh, least bittern. Least bittern is the correct answer, and uh, we have a beautiful uh, uh, Droll Yankees uh, observer window feeder for you. And we have that bonus prize, too. Uh, do you like coffee, or you and your wife like coffee? Oh, we love it, definitely. All right. We'll send you a 12-ounce bag of birds and beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. All right, thank you so much, Ray. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, least bitter in our prize. Uh, an amazing bird. It's worth looking up. Uh, a bird that makes itself amazingly skinny. No, no less a figure than John James Audubon talked about a young captive leaf bittern, or least bittern, that was able to walk between two books standing one and a half inches apart. And the bird is almost two and a half inches wide, so it really can make itself skinny. We're going to make ourselves disappear altogether here. Thanks for being with us. Executive producer Mark Duffield, associate producer Debbie Bleacher. Our engineer is Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.